Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, we thought it would be a good idea to go across the pond to find a little music from you two, of course. Uh, welcome back. This is the second hour of At Your Service tonight. My name is Dave Simon, certified financial planner by day and intellectual conversationalist by night or something like that. So anyway, welcome. Um, thank you so much for taking time out this evening and tune us in here on KMOX. And uh, we're just having just a wonderful time here in the first hour, giving you a little bit of my uh, kind of how I see things with the uh, the Cardinals, because, you know, I'm such a sports expert. Right. And my own personal story from a, more than a decade ago, my golfing story with Albert Pujols. And then we got into some financial related things. I'll circle back since I do that for a living um, and kind of dig into the period that we're going through right now and what we might expect. But I did want to touch on now the big news, not unexpected, of course. I think a lot of people were thinking, you know, it's probably could be any day, any week, any month that Queen Elizabeth will be passing away at 96 years old. She was starting to obviously look more frail because she's 96. That stuff kind of happens. But I just read a tweet that I never even thought about. Do you know that her reign covers about the about 30% of the history of the United States of America? Think about that for a second. Not quite a third, but 30%. That's how long she has been Queen Elizabeth. But now we have Prince Charles turning into King Charles, which, as my wife pointed out, because she is such a dog aficionado and we have to watch the dog championships every February from Madison Square Garden. She knows every breed. And she says, oh, that's so funny, King Charles. I'm like, "Um, okay, why is that funny? Because that's a breed. It's the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Of course, of course, you would know that. But I'm thinking that's kind of a cool name, actually. He, he should actually go by that. Hello, I am Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. I love that name. He, he, that, he should adopt it. And just King Charles or King Chuck for short. But as I think a lot of you know, and I've mentioned this in the past, I lived in England as a kid in the early 70s. And I have sort of uh, uh, the ability to understand the British viewpoint on this because I think a lot of Americans don't get it. And I get that you don't get it. It doesn't make a lot of sense when you're like, why all the pomp and circumstance around the monarchy? Don't they just kind of bleed taxpayer dollars? Uh, yeah. 
That's kind of a skeptical way to look at it, but you're spot on. Yes, it's very expensive to fund that lifestyle for many, many dozens and hundreds in the royal family spread around those British Isles. And just to fund Buckingham Palace is very expensive. But the British wouldn't have it any other way. Somebody asked me today, when do you think, is like the young people, when do you think they'll say enough is enough? We've got a lot of issues right now. We could use money. Can we just stop that? And I said, you know what? Maybe in 100 years, maybe never, but not now, not in my lifetime. You just have to understand that's in their DNA. That's who the British are. It sets them apart. They're very proud of it. We as Americans don't quite get it, but that is in their DNA as Brits, especially as the English. When we lived there in the early 70s, uh, my parents actually had tea with the Queen Mother. So not Queen Elizabeth herself, but when her mom was alive. And that's what she did. She would have tea with selected groups. So I don't know how my mom and dad were able to snag that. I should probably ask them, how did you ever have afternoon tea with the Queen Mother? They actually went to Buckingham Palace, got inside, and had tea with the Queen uh, Mother. Now, when I was... I had some time this evening to kind of read up on a little bit of the comments that were going on about the queen and, and things like that. And so I, um, I actually found, a, 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 an interview with some, some kids that were, um, talking about the queen and what they thought, but one of them sort of went off on a little bit of a, a tangent and started talking about his dad's birthday so I recorded it here. Let me find it. Ba, 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 ba. Pull this up. Go over here. Bear with me just a second. Okay, we'll we'll turn it up and hopefully that you can all hear this. But this is a kid has nothing to do with the king or the queen or anything that happened today. But I just thought it was really cute because I love these little British accents. So here you go. Okay, of course it wasn't going to come up. Bear with me here, folks. Okay, here we go. We sat down at the table, and Dad opened the present, and it was a blue turtleneck, and it was and it was size 14. Mom was about to give him a size 38, but uh, um, Dad says that you, um, um, you're lucky that you didn't buy 38 because um, it might have been too small, and it's, it fits just perfect. You try it on, it looks good. So the kid was just talking about buying a gift and a sweater for his dad. Now, okay, I'm tricking you. It wasn't that cute. Folks, that was me. That was 50 years ago. <laughs> that was Dave Simons at age 10. Was I a, a cute little British kid or what? Yes, I had an English accent. I went over there as an American with obviously my St. Louis accent. And it doesn't, when you're that age... Any, any, I don't know, was it a, a, a brain psychologist or your physiologist or a doctor, whoever studies that, will tell you that the mapping of your brain, once you get above a certain age, even if you live the rest of your life, you will always have an accent that mimics your home native country. That's why someone who, who you could talk to here in St. Louis, who let's say has a German accent and he's 75 and you're like, oh, 
when did you come to the U.S.? A few years ago? No, when I was 18. You're like, and you still have a little bit of a German accent? Yes. They, they'll tell you that the age difference starts at about 14 or 15, and certainly 18 and beyond. By then, the mapping of your brain, it kind of gets into your hard drive a little bit. Well, I was, I was 10 years old when I first moved over there, and I was 11 when I came back. And what you're hearing there is actually talking about my dad's birthday, getting him a turtleneck sweater. Um, so I don't know. I, thanks for indulging me. I just think it's, it's awesome. And the backstory to this is that I remembered recording these tapes. Those tapes were actually mailed to my grandparents who lived in Kansas City at the time. And so I was telling my grandparents about what we got for my dad, this, this turtleneck. I sort of remembered those tapes years later, and I asked my mom about it. Now, my parents got divorced in 1977 or 8, not too long after we came back from England. I was like 14 or 15 years old. And so somebody got the tapes. I don't know who got them. Nobody really remembered, and I forgot about them. Absolutely forgot about these audio cassette tapes. Maybe they were with my grandparents who passed away 20 years ago or so. But my mom was going through some stuff recently, and she texted me and said, I found the audio cassette tapes from England. What? But then I thought, wait a minute. They were recorded probably on some cheap audio cassette tapes. They're 50 years old. The chance that there's even going to be any listenable audio is is next to nothing. Um, But you heard them. They're not perfect, of course. Now, I didn't have a machine to play because guess what? You can't go out and buy stuff that plays audio cassette tapes. So I put out an email at the office. Does anyone have an old boombox or something with a cassette tape player? Yes, I do. Great. So there are 17 one-hour tapes. I, ha- I spent weeks actually going through all 17 and writing them down. And it was a blast. You learn stuff about your family and your parents. You're like, holy cow. My mom and dad just talked about something about my brother that I never knew existed. I haven't told my parents yet or my brother. And I have a sister too. I know some stuff about you guys that were revealed about our parents 50 years ago. Anyway, I digress. Folks, it is right now exactly 916 in St. Louis. When we come back... Let's circle back, shall we, to some of the financial stuff. I think this is important. I think a lot of you care about this. You're worried about where we are going. So I want to give you a couple of more little tidbits and nuggets of information. Thanks for joining us tonight. You are listening to At Your Service. My name is Dave Simons, and we'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados. Avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, folks, welcome back. It is um, 920 here in St. Louis. Before I get back to the financial stuff, again, just indulge me, humor me for a second. But one, this is very short, like 20, 25 seconds. But there's a point here of, I, I talked about finding these hidden gems of audio cassette tapes in the Simons family from 50 years ago, 1972. And I remembered this very, very well about uh, the fact that school over there was kind of a joke. Now, I'm, I'm thinking that things have changed since then, since I was in school in England, but it was like stuff I learned in first grade. We were learning in fifth grade. And so this tape that is being sent to my grandparents in Kansas City, my mom said, what do you think about school? All we do is paint. No, not paint, but draw and do crossword puzzles and, and do just for math, but all we do is add fractions and... Um, so fractional practice, that's about all we do in school. And Mom says, um, um, she's going to have to ship me back to, to, back to America so I can get my education. My education. <laughs> By the way, that's my kid, baby sister, making all the noises in the background. But here, true story, all right? This is fifth grade now. Think about this. I had been in school there in England. This is 1972, 73. And the teacher one morning said, all right, class, look up at the chalkboard here. And he points to something on the board. It's, part, it's, it, it's in the middle of a sentence, in the middle of a word. And he said, what is this? What is this right here? And I'm, I'm thinking, is this a joke? And I look around, and I don't want to raise my hand because it's it's almost like he's saying, all right, class, what's two plus two? And I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is a trick question. So I look around. Everyone has this confused look. 
and so I sheepishly raised my hand. And the teacher said, Mr. Simons? And I said, um, an apostrophe? And he said, very good. It's like the kids, ooh. And I remember, I'm sitting there dumbfounded, fifth grade, and they're learning about what an apostrophe is. And the math that we did was basic stuff. And so, I, you know, three times four, two times two, six times one, that was the math we were learning in fifth grade. Once again, I'm going to guess that maybe things are different today, that the gap has closed, but back then it was a bit of a joke. And my, my, I remember my mom being kind of upset, like, this is a wasted time for my son to be in school over here. And that's why I said at the end, uh, mother w- w- is threatening to send me back to America to get my education. So that's one thing I remember. And then one more quick story. Now, this is funny, all right? It's the first day of school. I'm nervous as can be. I'm the foreign kid, even though obviously we all speak the same language, even if it's with a different accent. But I'm trying to fit in. So we go to dinner, which is actually lunch. They call it dinner. And all the kids line up outside the cafeteria. They're not letting us in yet. And one kid starts chanting, we want a bloody dinner. We want a bloody dinner. We want a bloody dinner. And all the kids start chanting, we want a bloody dinner. And they're all laughing, having a good time. And so I'm like trying to fit in. I'm the new American kid. It's the first day. So I start chanting along too. We want a bloody dinner. We want a bloody dinner. I'm having a good time. I'm laughing, smiling. They all stopped immediately. I kept singing. Why did they all stop? The headmaster showed up around the corner to open the door into the cafeteria. I'm still singing, and I'm looking at the headmaster, thinking he's going to love me because I'm singing what I guess is one of the class songs. I don't know why everyone else stopped, but I'm going to show that I have a pretty good singing voice and I'm fitting in. True story. (laughs) So I'm by myself singing in line, we want a bloody dinner, and I'm so proud of myself. Everyone, when the headmaster pulled me out of the line and said, follow me, I heard one voice, one kid behind me go, is he going to get caned? And I thought, I don't know what getting caned means, but it doesn't sound good to me. Nothing happened. The headmaster obviously knew who I was. Got down on one knee and he basically said, Mr. Simons, uh, we do not say that word bloody around here. And then he explained kind of that that's not a good word here. I didn't know. I just thought it was maybe there was a little blood on the meat that we were going to get served for lunch or dinner. So I had a lot of learning to go, but eventually after a year plus, it was all good. Anyway, thank you once again for indulging me. Great memories 50 years later, and of course, I've been back many, many times. The school, by the way, where I went was torn down years ago. That was very, very sad. Quick turn, bam, away from my 50 years ago living in England audio cassette stories, back to the present moment here in the U.S. and the financial markets. One of the things that bugs me so much is the misinformation. And I know you're all nodding your head in agreement, whether it's political-related, 
health-related, we have been kind of living a misinformation and disinformation nightmare. And I don't care what side. I'm not taking sides here. Everybody agrees with that. Like, what can we do about it? I'm going to zero in on what I do for a living, and that is on the financial investment side of things and the mis- and disinformation that occurs there. So one thing that I have read recently a lot is, well, if we go into the inflation days of the 70s and 80s, and in particular when inflation was running at its hottest in the late 70s and early 80s, well, you don't want that because the stock market basically crashed or it went into a bear market or it suffered. That is actually patently false. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The market soared. That may surprise you, but it goes back to what I was talking about before, that the market has an uncanny way of actually holding up rather well, even during periods of inflation and rising interest rates. It's one of the few places you can go that actually good, solid stocks that have growing earnings and pay dividends that grow can stay ahead of inflation and rising rates. And the stock market shows it. So anyone who tells you or you read something where it says the stock market performed so terribly in the late 70s and early 80s, they're either just making it up because they assumed it or they're just being disingenuous because they're trying to sell you something. For proof, go to the five, four or five years where inflation was running at its hottest in the late 70s through the early 80s. And when then-Chairman Paul Volcker, you talk about draconian, when he did crash the economy into a brick wall on purpose, and it worked. Inflation was finally brought under control, and thus was born the great boom of the 1980s and 90s. But man, was it tough economically, and employment eventually got to about 10% during that time. But the S&P 500 in 1979, I remember that period well, was up 18.5%. You heard that right. The stock market, the S&P 579, was up 18.5%. In 1980, during the election year, remember how bad it was economically? It led to Jimmy Carter being shown the door. The S&P was up 31.7%. My friends, you've got two years in a row, 18.5 and 31.7. 1981, when... Then-Chairman Paul Volcker was at his worst or best, whatever you want to call it, raising rates double digits. The S&P finally did fall that calendar year. It was down 4.7, not even 5%. 1982, when things were so bad, Republicans were wiped out in the midterms, and if Reagan was up for re-election in 82, he would have lost The polls, he was way down. His worst polling numbers occurred in 82. The economy was still suffering. And the stock market, led by the S&P 500, was up 20.4%. And in 83, it was up 22.3%. The annualized return for those five years, 79 through 83, was 16.97. Let's just even it out and call it 17%. With one down year that wasn't even down 5%, the other four years were up between 18 and 31%. So it doesn't guarantee a hill of beans this time. My point is don't buy into the fear mongering that says if we have runaway inflation and we have strong inflation, although it shows signs of coming down, and we have to have rising interest rates that the stock market has to crash. 
I'm not saying it can't crash, but it won't be because of inflation or interest rates. It may settle down. It may come down a lot. But to say the S&P is going to fall 20, 30, 40, 50 percent, it's going to be because of something else that we cannot see today. The market has already discounted everything that you all know and I know, which is we've got an inflation problem and the Fed is going to be aggressive to cut that down. Anything else is absolutely hogwash, so don't you buy it. We'll be right back. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So I got some news for everybody. It's not a, well, it is, I guess, kind of official, um, but it may not actually be up and running until later this fall. But yours truly is going to start a podcast. Yeah. But before you think it's, oh, it's a financial investment related podcast, no. And it really was born out of me starting to fill in on at your service occasionally and how much I've enjoyed it. Getting to spread the wings and talking about other things. And and I just have such a wide range of, of, of um, hobbies, of interests. I'm a voracious reader, read everything. And I'm busy all the time, but in a good way, just digging into what the world has to offer all of us. And I, I, I listen to podcasts a lot either when I'm running or I do, I drive a lot. I travel a lot. As many of you know, I'm a triathlete and marathoner, and I drive all over the country for competition. And sometimes I fly, but a lot of times I need to take my bike. And I, I had a bad experience shipping the bike once, and I thought, man, I can't do that again. 
So I will, um, I just went to Colorado, for example, and did what's called the triple bypass uh, two weeks ago, <laughs> which three weeks ago, Saturday, I guess, which is 107 miles from Evergreen, Colorado, th- over three passes, over 10,000 feet of climbing, and you end in Vail. Something that I've always wanted to do. Of course, I wait till I'm, I wait till I'm 60 to do it. Um, but it was, it was on my bucket list for some time. So I say that because I listen to a lot of podcasts and I always thought, man, someday, someday, and it won't, yeah, occasionally I'll have a financial investment or economic guy or something, but I'd like to interview this guy about how our brain works, who, who I've listened to down in Arizona before. I'd like to interview this political guy about what he sees in the world and in particular in the U.S. Here's a good storyteller over here. He tells the story of, of how he built this restaurant in, 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 in an industry, can't get it out there, in an industry where 90% fail. Why is he so successful? I've talked to this guy. Fascinating stories. And I, and I love being a conversationalist, and I love asking curious questions. I'm a very curious guy. Like, well, tell me more. Like, how did this come about? And really dig into that stuff. So I will let everyone know when I can when we get that up and running. It's been approved by all the compliance people that I have to get it approved by. And I've already had a few guests who have committed to coming in this fall. And I'm looking forward to it. Now, How can you know when this all comes about? One thing, you can sign up for my newsletter. Uh, We've got about 1,000 people on it right now. So if you'd like to be a part of it, you can actually, um, I don't know if I have time to get you on the one that comes out tomorrow. I can't promise that. I write a weekly email commentary, and that's just on the financial side of things, market-related, that comes out every Friday morning. So you can email what I'm about to give you here in just a second. I can't promise that you'll get the one for tomorrow, but certainly by the next Friday. And folks, don't worry about this. Like someone's trying to sell you something. Notice that I never give out a phone number. I've never done that even on the Dollars and Cents show. I don't use this to build a business. I do that on my own. That's another job. I don't know who you are when you email to be put on the email template. It's a blind carbon copy. No one else emails you to try to sell you something. No one knows who you are. What My point is, don't worry about that, okay? If you just want to know my weekly thoughts about financial markets, but then some other announcements like, oh, here's a podcast that I'm going to attach to the commentary. And by the way, it will be put up as well on Spotify, on Apple iTunes. We've got it approved for all these things. We're going to do video with it, but I don't have it approved, unfortunately, right now to put it on Facebook. It has nothing to do with Facebook. It has everything to do with my firm. Hopefully that will change at some point. So right now it'll be audio related, except I'll be able to put it up on my own website. And that's where the video will be if you want to take the time. So if you want to get the email financial commentary the, uh, every Friday morning, all you need to do is email david.simons at ubs.com. That's David period Simons, just like it sounds. There's only one M. A lot of people like to put two there like Simmons. No, it's Simons. It's S-I-M-O-N-S at ubs.com. 
That's you, B as in boy, S as in Sam, dot com. And you don't have to write anything in the body of the email, just in the subject line. Add me to your commentary. Put me on your list, whatever. It doesn't have to be exact. And the people who get that will know exactly what that is. They'll put your email on the blind carbon copy template. I don't see it. And then you'll be on starting uh, the next commentaries. I don't know if they'll get it turned around for tomorrow. Uh, again, no promises there. And then I'll keep you updated on the podcast. I'm, I'm actually really excited about that. All right. I had promised one thing I wanted to get to. We're, we're going to start to close out the two hours tonight with, with some kind of some fun stuff. And this really intrigued me when I saw the headlines. And sometimes I'm a sucker for a good headline, all right? I, I, I give in to the clickbait, I admit. And this one was the hardest working states in America. My first thought was, okay, how do you measure that? Um, this was done by the World Economic Forum. And one of the, the very first line also caught my attention of this report. Americans are hard workers, putting in an average of 1,791 hours per year according to the World Economic Forum. Now, get this. That's 442 hours per year more than Germans work. Sorry, Germans. Apparently, we work a little harder than you. But before all of us as Americans start puffing out our chest, it's 337 fewer hours than Mexicans. Just saying. So we're not at the top. We're beat by the folks coming up from Mexico, but we're ahead of most Europeans, all right? I don't know of all the details here, how they figured it out. I looked at some of the the key determinants. There are 10 key indicators that they look to determine what a state's work habits are. But here they are, top five, the five hardest working states in terms of their citizenry. Number one, North Dakota. In a way, that doesn't surprise me if you know anything about the Dakotas and the how cold it is up there in the winter and the oil fields. And you think of the movie Fargo and uh, all the folks who live up there. So I don't know why it doesn't surprise me, but I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see that. Number two, sort of the same reasons as North Dakota, but even more intensely so, and that would be Alaska. Number three, Nebraska. Number four, South Dakota. Congratulations, Dakotas. You got two of the top four. Notice that they're all kind of the northern part, right? The two Dakotas, Alaska and Nebraska. But we're about to change and go south for the fifth, and that's good old-fashioned Texas. Another big oil state, right? But, you know, they've done a pretty good job diversifying their economy in recent years. A lot of technology moving in there. So there's your top five. By the way, Missouri, Illinois, where did we finish? Missouri, a little below halfway, 29th. Okay. Whatever. Illinois? Ah, Missourians beat you. 39th hardest working state. But at least you avoided the bottom 10 and particularly the bottom five. What were the bottom five? Yeah, you don't want to make this list like the least hardworking people. Number 46, West Virginia. What are you folks doing in West Virginia? I don't know. 47, we're going back north here. Michigan, I I don't know why. I don't know why they're 47th, like three from the bottom, four from the bottom. 48, the state of New York. Ah, you New Yorkers, lazy bums. 49, we're going to stay in the same region of the country, Rhode Island. 
And coming in dead last, I have no idea why. Don't ask me why. You could do the research if you want, wherever you want to find it. But coming in the 50th place for the hardest working states at the very bottom, New Mexico. Strange. Don't know why. I know they don't have a, a huge population down there. But anyway, I find that kind of stuff fascinating. I got some more stuff, some fun stuff to go over. But you're going to have to come back after this break, so stay with us. You're listening to At Your Service here on KMOX. All right, my friends, welcome back. It is 10 minutes until 10 o'clock here in St. Louis. It's been a real treat, a pleasure to speak to all of you tonight. I have no idea when I'll return. It's always a lot of times one of these last-minute things. I'll get the text, hey, can you fill in? Absolutely. As far as dollars and cents, I also don't know. But but coming soon, coming soon, once the baseball season starts to wind down, and as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't have to be until November, man. Let's get this thing rolling, the playoffs, through October. So do you remember the time at all when you were a kid when you first learned that there was no – man, I should be careful when I say there's no, um, you know, guy in the uh, red suit with the white beard, that guy. You know, when you learned that guy didn't exist anymore? I thought it was pretty cool because I thought I was a big boy. It's like, yeah, I always kind of knew it, but now I felt like an adult. Other kids, man, it was like having the balloon popped. It's like, what? That's horrible. I don't know if life is worth living anymore. Well, I'm about to kind of pop your, burst your bubble here to some degree. These are five famous stories from history that we are all told that this is the way that it is, and I think a lot of us still believe it's true, and they're not. Number one, Columbus. All right, we all kind of figured, found out later he didn't actually set foot on America as we know it. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about here. The myth that we're bursting is the fact that most people who lived on Earth at that time thought the world was flat. And they thought Columbus was crazy to try to go to the edge of the horizon because they didn't know what was out there. That w- that That's false. Most people who lived at that time knew the earth was round. In fact, according to this story, that really changed in the third century on. I'm not sure what happened there. It just says the third century on. It wasn't until 1828... 336 years after his journey that the Columbus story came out that most people thought it was flat. Isn't that weird? So some author in 1830, 1828, I should say, just wrote something about how, yeah, Columbus was so brave because everyone thought the world was flat. And we were all taught that way. It turned out that wasn't true at all. Everybody, even back then, knew the world and earth were round. There's number one. Number two. Maria Antoinette never said, let them eat cake. I did know that. I had heard about that. Uh, In fact, the phrase, this is true. The phrase was, let them eat brioche. But even, (laughs) it's true. But even there, there's no evidence that she said that. It was reported by this philosopher, this French philosopher, Jean-Jacques Rousseau. And he said, well, it's some other unnamed source or princess and apparently Marie Antoinette said, let them eat brioche, which reports later said, let them eat cake. But there is absolutely no evidence at all that she ever said that. It's like, oh, okay. Speaking of French leaders, I did not know this either. 
You know when someone says, oh, he's short, he's got this Napoleonic messiah type of complex, but, you know, he's trying to make up for the fact that he's only like 5'2". You know, we've all said that about some tyrant who happens to be on the shorter side of things. He's like Napoleon. Uh, You know, Napoleon actually wasn't short. I didn't know that. I thought he was. I just like, what is he, 5'2", 5'4"? No, he was average height for his, in the day, back in the 1700s. He was 5'6", which back then was average male height. This all started from the British propaganda of the day as they were fighting Napoleon. They used the stereotype that he's short, therefore he can't be that powerful. Interesting. Number four, Benito Mussolini did not make Italy's trains run on time. And and that kind of had to shock my memory a little bit. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember learning that in college, that Mussolini made sure that all the trains ran on time. He was adamant about it. Not true. He just did that for journalists. So journalists would write it. That was been proven. He left the rest of Italy's rail system in in a total state of disrepair. And then the last one, and this one I really did not know. This this shocks me because I actually had relatives who came over to Ellis Island, and the last name that they came with was changed just a couple of letters off after they came to America. Like, yeah, they were doing that at Ellis Island. They were just changing names. You know that that's not true? No names were ever changed at Ellis Island because they actually weren't written down or recorded at Ellis Island in that way. They were never, there was never any kind of clerical error or special attempt. In reality, passengers' names weren't ever logged at Ellis Island. They were recorded in the country from where they departed. So any clerical errors happened either in their country of origin as they wrote the name down wrong, or some passengers to try to Americanize the name while they were on the ship actually changed the name by a letter or two. But the fact that anything was changed because all these mean folks at Ellis Island were saying, well, we don't like that last name, you fill in the blank, I'm changing it, never occurred. I got to be honest. That one was news to me. So there you go. If you knew that all five of those were wrong, congratulations, you should be on Jeopardy. I only knew two of those um, were wrong. The other three, I'm like, well, I guess I didn't know that. So even I learned something there. All right, folks, as I said, it's been a real pleasure. I don't know when I'll be on again. For those of you who do get the weekly commentary, I I do like to write in there when the next Dollars and Cents show is on. I typically can't let you know when I'm going to be filling in again for At Your Service because that's kind of a last-minute thing. But I'll be speaking to you soon enough. Stay invested, folks. Stay within your goals. We will get through this. We always do. In the meantime, have a great weekend as we head into Friday, and we shall talk to you soon. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 